What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is Kenyon Drake, and you listen to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with Byron Lambert on a two, what a Tuesday. I'm getting the days mixed up here here Byron <laughs> with this with this whole stay stay at home stuff. Uh Tuesday, uh, I guess the day before the official start of the new league year free agency if it, uh, I guess what legal tampering is upon us a ton of uh, a ton of uh, fantasy fallout to get to here from this first wave. What the hell you got going on, brother? Man, just staying hunkered down out here um, by the beach and uh, enjoying free agency, man. We've had a lot of exciting news come in and already already having a good time spinning my wheels on how this affects our fantasy products uh, for the upcoming season in terms of season long prognostications and draft boards. And also of course, you know, thinking about my dynasty teams and guys that are maybe losing value, gaining value guys that maybe I want to wheel and deal on at this point, Alex. Yeah. It's well, just let me ask you just, just real quick. I, I know where you are in Florida is different from some of the other places we've seen. You're not seeing this, the, the, just the droves, of, like the droves of uh, college students out on your beaches. Are you, it, it's, it's a little bit more, uh, Little bit, a little bit more. Uh, I don't know what's the word. Uh, less busy. I don't know. A little bit more. Not having any difficulties maintaining my two meters of social distance out here. It's <laughs> okay. Calm right. and quiet. I heard it. I heard it usually does get pretty busy out this way on spring break, but I think this year is uh, taking a big hit. So I'll enjoy the peace and quiet while I can out here. No coronavirus stuff here. We're here just to talk with you about football and talk to you about fantasy. That's what we all want to talk about. And thankfully, we still have that going on right now. We have the NFL draft. We're ramping up our podcast schedule and our live stream schedule through the course of the week. Going to get some guests on uh, in the coming weeks as well. We're going to have Trash Man on tomorrow. We have uh, some rookie content coming up just right now that's just in the pipe and ready to go. Uh, The rookie profiles on Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers, those are ready to go up on the site. We'll have Trash Man on tomorrow to talk about those. But Byron, we're going to need to get on him on you know, today and hopefully again uh, later on in the week as we get through more of these waves of free agency just to kind of discuss the fallout. So, shit, man, I don't know. Just um, 
before we get started, just everybody, I see a bunch of you guys are watching on Periscope and Facebook Live and YouTube. Thank you so much. If you're just here for the first time and you're at home, you know, kicking it, <laughs> we're going to be upping these podcasts through the week. Make sure you go and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to the Roster Watch podcast. We would certainly appreciate it. Um, any ratings and reviews there as well. All right, man, Byron, what do you want to start with? Well, it's a slew of transactions, compelling transactions that have already come down the pike and free agency, Alex. But really, there's nowhere we can begin other than what's considered an outrageous and nearly inconceivable trade between the Houston Texans and the Arizona Cardinals uh, that shipped superstar DeAndre Hopkins out to the desert to pair him up with another young, young rookie or young phenom quarterback in Kyler Murray coming off his rookie season and obviously putting him out there and Cliff Kingsbury, uh, his fast break offense that's uh, chock full of talent. Now you got a guy like Kenyon Drake that was brought back on the transition tag. And of course, we've still got Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk, a second year player we were so interested in last year heading into his third year. So it's a real uh, panoply of weapons now out there in the desert, Alex. And the outrage in, as it related to this trade, though, is it's preposterous the caper that Steve Kime and the Arizona Cardinals pulled off. And Steve Kime, a GM who's kind of been down on the mat the last couple of years, getting off the mat with this one, able to ship the entirety of David Johnson's burdensome contract over to Houston. And uh, really all the Texans got out of this, Alex, was essentially a second round pick for DeAndre Hopkins, which is really makes this a mind numbing trade because you know, look, if Houston wants to argue that they made this deal uh, to try to clear some cap in the upcoming, uh, in the near future, uh, that could make sense if they were getting a whole slew of draft picks in return that they were not exercise <laughs> that cap relief on. Exactly. So there's really not, there's, there's only two things you can even try to contemplate at this point. Uh, to figure out what the heck Houston was doing. And that's one, either they like David Johnson way more than the rest of us, and they like him for potentially a handful of years to come, or they've got a big free agent target in their sights a year or two from now. But none of that I think it really was Randall Cobb. Sense. I think it was Randall Cobb who was their big target. <laughs> well, he's definitely going to be a that- target for Deshaun Watson now. I, I think it says something about – Will Fuller, obviously. I mean, a player that looked very, very good when he's been healthy. And, you know, sometimes. But that's Byron. He's never healthy. If they're depending on Will Fuller, they're fucked. Absolutely. So this should have been a layup for the Texans and Bill O'Brien to improve from a personnel and front office perspective over what uh, the previous general manager, Rick Smith, had done there in years past. He had been a terrible GM, you know, bless his soul. I know he's had some difficulties in his uh, personal life there, but should have been a layup for the Texans to improve their front office after purging themselves or Rick Smith. But it's been a zany and cockamamie harebrained experiment, given basically <laughs> control to Bill O'Brien. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's impossible to understand how he can make the call on transi- transactions this meaningful when you just full carte blanche this full autonomy it's just it's just uh, he must just have he must just have a guarantee that he's going to be here for the next you know four or five years that this that these kinds of moves can impact this kind of team i mean you 
DeAndre Hopkins is arguably the best wide receiver in the in the National Football League. You got Michael Thomas, you got DeAndre Hopkins. I think that the argument sort of stops after those two guys, doesn't it? You could still put Devontae Adams in there, at least in terms of fantasy production. I don't think you would yeah. say that in terms of right. the, best of the right. talent, right? Right. Uh, you know, so for me, just from a fantasy perspective, I don't think a whole lot changes for Hopkins here. He's still going to be a premier guy that's probably going to be a first-round pick. He's going to be one of the top few wide receivers that you're interested in. Obviously, a little bit of a hit here. To Christian Kirk for now, maybe once Fitzgerald's completely out of the picture, Kirk settles into a potentially really nice uh, wide receiver too long term. Actually, this might be a good time to poke around on Christian Kirk in Dynasty if you're kind of looking for the long play on him there. You got to think his owners are feeling a little bit depressed uh, right now with the acquisition of Hopkins, who's going to kind of come in and steal Kirk's thunder. But once Fitzgerald out of there, we always thought of Kirk as this, you know, potentially incredible wide receiver too with tons of versatility. And we know Murray is an ascending player that's going to be capable as a passer of supporting big time production it, as much, if not more than Watson was in Houston with these guys over the long term. So that might be a little bit of a sharp play. Speaking of Murray, I mean, he's the guy that obviously benefits just Boku here. Um, you know, I'm not interested in Lamar Jackson. Hold on, hey, next hold on. Year. What is that? Benefits what? Boku. Boku. Oh, is that French? Like B-A-U comma C-O-U-P C-O-U. or something? It's one word, a lot. A lot. Oh. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray, obviously going to be one of the very hottest commodities in the fantasy quarterback market heading into this season. Rightfully so. We'll have to see where his ADP shakes out. But without knowing, obviously, a guy I'm much more interested at this point than having to, like, take Lamar Jackson off the board, you know, super early in my in my drafts. And then, you know, when I flip this thing around, Alex, obviously, this is a big hit potentially to Deshaun Watson. I mean, or de- definitively to Deshaun Watson. But, you know, the more I think about this. I actually think the most interesting question to debate in terms of the fallout from this transaction is how do you value David Johnson Johnson. this year in fantasy? A guy that I was pretty much completely done with. Now he's in a situation where you've got to reconsider at what point you're willing to take a risk on him. I mean, we saw Carlos Hyde pretty good at times, a player who we thought was washed previously. You know, what do you what do you make of David Johnson's value, fantasy value heading into uh, 2020 now that he's a Houston Texan, Alex? I moved him ahead of Todd Gurley on the best ball cheat sheet. What do you think of that? I moved him ahead of Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner just as my initial move. I think running back 19 based on initial projections is 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 certainly I meant it might even be, might that even be a little conservative? I don't really know. I mean, well, like, are you? Co- I mean, David Johnson taking David Johnson end of the third, beginning of the fourth round. If he is now the, I mean, they they traded they 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 traded away DeAndre Hopkins for 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 him. Now it was DeAndre Hopkins in a four for uh, DJ and it's God damn it. DJ and a two and a four next year. It's just, it is so, I mean, it's so crazy. Out of it. I mean, they I traded mean, for DJ contract is, you know, I mean, that's what rash. If you know, that's what rationale dictates. But like we said, they're they're The only way you can explain this is that one of the only ways is that maybe Houston likes David Johnson way more 
than the rest of us do. I mean, I truly think well, maybe they just the think contract. He, maybe they just think he was healthy. Maybe they aren't worried about the fact that maybe he wasn't healthy last year and that we've seen what he can do when he's when he's healthy. I mean, dude, they told us at the at the at the combine, uh, Kingsbury told us at the combine, he's like, look, man, he was healthy to end last year. It's just we liked what we had going on with Kenyon Drake. Steve Kimes said the same thing. It's like, what do you, I mean, you could take him off the field after he scores four touchdowns versus Seattle or what was that, the Seattle game, the San Fran? I forget which game it was. But, I mean, are you going are you, are you to just take him off the field after he's doing all of this for us? You know, just because just because we like DJ, it doesn't mean that, you know, we're having to force him on the football field in situations that feel suboptimal. Clearly that, I mean, he's going to, how much, it's just, it's stupid because they have Duke Johnson, right? They they still have Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, probably gone, but David Johnson and Duke Johnson, those guys kind of have similar, similar skill sets. Like, do you really bring in David Johnson to be a between the tackles kind of pounder type of running back where Duke Johnson is the, is the change of pace? It doesn't make much sense. Like the reason you go after David Johnson is because you feel like he can he could be the type of player that could be a three down back for you. So why why is Duke Johnson even even there? Um, will they use David Johnson in the ways that we were expecting that maybe the Chargers might use an Austin Eckler this year, where they'll split him out, they'll get him involved as he's a guy that, you know, maybe out of the slot, stuff like that. But how are they gonna use him out of the slot? Now they have Randall Cobb that they just paid twenty seven million dollars to to be a slot wide receiver. So I don't like I don't, I don't really I don't know. People are asking me and, you know, people are asking me, what's what's Bill O'Brien thinking? And I said, I said, you fucking ask me what what Bill O'Brien's thinking. Like I can get inside this dipshit's head. I don't fucking know what he's thinking. Well, and you can't forget that this is on the heels of the acquisition for Laramie Tunsil. What they do for cup. I think it was two first round draft picks for him. It's just it's such an odd move because the Texans have been they're close. Right. I mean, they're getting in the playoffs. They're they consistently kind of get close. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It just it it feels like there was some type of conflict in the building there that just couldn't be resolved. And I mean, at this point, the fair assessment is just that Bill O'Brien is a horrible gen- general manager, a- and the Texans are, a, you know, have made a poor business decision in the front office for quite some time now. Yep. Yep, they keep they keep kicking the can down the road until finally it's like Bill O'Brien won the long con, dude. This was a long con, and for some reason he just waited it out, and now he's in charge and he's won the power struggle somehow. Trying to just by, just, just by maintain just, just his by own waiting it out, maintain you know. his own power. Trying we to win. Keith, he 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 has, he has zero. Go ahead, Alex. No, we have this dude Keith D sixteen in the comments saying that they that they need Rick Smith back. It's almost just it's horrible. It's like Rick Smith would probably be doing a better job. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, he's literally these moves from Bill O'Brien. He has zero concern for the future viability of this franchise. He's all in right now. It seems like an ego, like you said, power struggle, you know, situation, and it's hard to argue that. He's making his team any better now for him to win now, and and he is undermining the future of this franchise. It's just it's um it's a conundrum. David Johnson or Todd Gurley for you next season? I mean, obviously we're hearing whispers that now the Rams have gotten a case of FOMO, and they're they're have poking around on seeing if they can ship Gurley out and his burdensome contract out somewhere like. 
the Cardinals did for David Johnson. So I suppose, you know, be interested to know if that happens, where his landing spot. Would what about be for right now? For, a, definitive for, for, our best ball, for our best ball drafts right this minute. If somebody's sitting on the clock at the three, four turn, are you rather, would you rather have David Johnson or would you rather have Todd Gurley right now? Not, not knowing. Clear, clearly, we have. I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't have to fucking hedge. We have lots of time to change our opinions or have new information. We're going to be well, based on a difficult in our decision. It's yeah. a, I mean, it's a difficult decision at this point. I mean, you're the thing about with like if I knew Gurley was going to get last year's production if he stayed in Los Angeles, I'd probably go ahead and just roll with him over David Johnson. Or if I knew Gurley was going to get traded. I would think, all right, somebody's trading for him. They plan to use him a pretty good amount. So and, basically, and in even, both cases, you would take Gurley first. So, so I mean, he looked, at this point, as 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 so, concerned as we are with Gurley's durability and his, uh, you know, decrease in performance and athletic prowess as he's aging and taking more bumps and bruises, I think you have to say he's still, at, you know, when he played, looked he, like the more viable he player. Less, than David he looked Johnson. less beaten up than David Johnson did last yeah. year. Yeah. David Johnson looked, looked, looked like he was running out, running out there with a full, uh, just a full diaper of crap in the back of his pants. What about uh, Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson? I'd probably go Bell. I still want to see the Jets do something with their offensive line. I mean, you could say the same thing for Houston, though. Projection, projections have those guys really close. I think where it starts getting harder now is whenever we start talking about the James Connors, the rookies like the Jonathan Taylors, DeAndre Swifts, et cetera. Marlon Mack now, we're getting the word that it looks like Phillip Rivers could be getting real close. Is, is, is that official yet? Phillip Rivers to Indy? It wasn't when we first started the pod, and I haven't been keeping an eye on, on, on Twitter. Um, but if we get that, I mean, it almost makes you start to like Marlon Mack a little bit. If it turns out that he could be used a little bit more in the receiving game, you just know how much Phillip Rivers likes to throw to his running backs. How, how how does that shake out for you? And then when you look at the guys you're having to consider at the wide receiver position in this same sort of realm, we're talking about, you know, we, we still need to talk about Amari Cooper being re-signed and how, you know, whether you like him more. I was, I'm, I'm struggling here with uh, Amari Cooper, AJ Brown, Kenny Galladay, Odell Beckham Jr. But as long as we're just here and we're talking about the running backs, these guys, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Cortland Sutton, Juju and Keenan Allen, these running backs that you're deciding between here in this same sort of range, David Johnson, James Conner, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, you know, Marlon Mack, maybe Damian Williams, and then you can get down to the Raheem Mostert's, the J.K. Dobbins of the world, et cetera. Do you think David Johnson sort of belongs up here at the beginning of, the, of that sort of tier that we just talked about? Or is it is it is he more I mean, is he down below the rookies? Like, wh- where do you have him right now as far as redraft? I can't recommend selecting David Johnson over a Cooper Cup at this point. It be, may even be difficult for me to recommend him over a Cortland Sutton. Certainly, okay. we want to see what quarterback lands in Los Angeles before we know exactly how we feel about Keenan Allen. I get it. I oh, all right. I understand it, and I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to cut you off, but I want to stay on the point here. It, could you recommend taking James Conner? over the guys like Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson and Cortland Sutton. Because I, what I'm trying to figure out here is cross-positionally whether David – I'm trying to figure out positionally where David Johnson belongs. And once we get him where he belongs, 
I need to figure out cross positionally if that is still correct because we know that the skeleton of this thing is a it's like a uh, yeah, it's like a back with scoliosis, man. It's kind of it's kind of it's kind of always changing as these these things evolve because eighty like the ability to leverage ADP, which is what this cheat sheet does. It, it 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 literally it 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 changes from transaction to transaction in free agency. It can change the whole flow of the whole sheet. So we could be finding that there's a new tier here where we need to be moving these. But it's just like the ADPs. I'm not sure that the ADPs are going to allow it from a roster construction standpoint. But just please tell me about the about how you feel about that sort of area of running backs versus that area of wide receivers. Not talking about Amari Cooper and up. I'm talking about Cooper Cup and down. And then I'm talking about this sort of Le'Veon, Gurley area and and down. Well, you have you have those guys. You have Connor specifically in the correct place because you can't take James Connor over Cooper Cup. But you okay. can you can consider him there with that very next okay. batch of wide receivers. You know, with, with the caveat that I think we're going to see Cortland Sutton maybe move up a spot there. And, and I think there's a chance Keenan Allen moves up a little bit, depending on what happens with the quarterback situation. Well, I mean, yeah. all of a sudden we get Tom Brady in Los Angeles, then Keenan Allen's going to go way up here. It's sounding like, uh, you know, people are asking here on, on the, uh, absolute vacay New York saying, are you guys buying Cowherd's report? Gidley SG is saying, y'all got Tom going to the Bucks. It's a lot of people are talking that uh, Brady's going to the Buccaneers. Um, I don't know if Brady went to the, yeah. I mean, the, the reason I moved Keenan Allen down is because we just don't know what's going on with the quarterback situation there. And we have Hunter Henry being franchised and we're hearing all the talk about Austin Eckler being used out of the slot. And we still have Mike Williams to deal with. I mean, there's still there, there's there's some issues there that worry me about Keenan Allen. So um, that's why I kind of moved him just down there for now. For now, we can always change it. Uh, I think the main question I have for you then is if I'm going to rearrange this and make a little sub tier here under Cooper Cup, I understand what you're saying. Do you think that David? Jo- do you feel more comfortable with another AFC South runner like Marlon Mack? Do you feel more comfortable with Damian Williams, Raheem Mostert? And then where do those two rookies, Jonathan Taylor and uh, DeAndre Swift, fit in for you? Uh, are you willing to take a plunge there with one of those guys over DJ, or does DJ need to go above them? Probably take Taylor over David Johnson. As you imagine, right. Jonathan Taylor yep. is going to be drafted to be a three-down back right yeah. out of the game. Yeah. yeah, I think so, too. And he's so healthy, and he's young, and he's got more juice. Okay, so that would leave you with a Dave. That 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 kind of leaves you with an interesting decision between David Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster, two guys you're kind of betting on the come with regarding based on bad seasons last year. I think that's fine for right now, right? Yeah, that's a good spot. Those two are two players in a similar boat. Okay, what about um, what about Kenyon Drake? Because we got to talk about Kenyon Drake. I mean, Kenyon Drake, if you just look at the way that he ended last season, whenever he was getting all the work, like Steve Kimes said, like Cliff Kingsbury said, he was so good. We just cannot, you know, we weren't able to take him off the field, you know. And, I mean, over the course of the entire season, Kenyon Drake finished his running back 17, but he didn't do shit to start the year. Look at at this finish to last year uh, after the trade. So, 
he had got you a 26.2 pointer in PPR, 10.1 pointer, a 14 pointer, uh, a seven pointer, a 10 pointer, a 40 pointer, a 33 pointer, and a 17 pointer. He went bananas in his new situation there in Arizona last year, Byron's in the season. Do you think that I am? I mean, what do you think? Do you, I mean, I think right now it's what running back 13 and a guy who you would take before you have to reach for a tight end, probably right around pick 2.07. Is it too rich for your blood? Because Trashman was saying that if we get David Johnson out of there, that he believes that Kenyon Drake's a first round fantasy pick. I think that's cockamamie, but I, I just, I, I, I want to know your thoughts. I mean, ultimately his production could warrant that, but you won't know that until the end of the season, right? So if you bake everything in, I mean, to me, Kenyon Drake sounds a lot like maybe what we were seeing with Damian Williams last year of the Kansas City Chiefs, a guy that ended up being basically like a late second round, early third round fantasy ex-Adam Gase offensive weapon that he completely failed to utilize. Just a player that you feel real goosey about there, but obviously has massive upside and there will be a whole crowd who's completely bullish on him. So I don't even know if Damian Williams made it to two point. I, oh, I, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, sure. Yeah. His, I'm not sure. His, I'm, what I'm saying is his ADP never rose that high. I think he was still Damian no, Williams is more at the turn. Late second. Late second. Yeah. Two, 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 ten, yeah, two at the 11. turn. Right. Sure. So to me, you know, and and this year won't be a a replica last year. The boards fall differently every single year. But if you're in that range, at least from a recent comparable perspective, that makes some sense. You know, prioritizing it. Could his production only ultimately warrant that he should have been a first round pick? Sure. In that offense, it could. Is it going to be very difficult to make the case that he's a top, you know, 12 fantasy pick? Given everything we know, I think that'll be a difficult case to make. So, you know, if you split those hairs, that puts you right mid to late round two. Am I personally comfortable there? We're a ways off from that. But I think that's a a rational, that's probably a rational spot that this ADP is headed for for Kenyon. Right, right, Right now, Kenyon Drake or Julio Jones? I think it's tough. Probably. Yeah, I'd probably take Julio Jones. Okay, fair enough. Would you take either of the Tampa Bay wide receivers over him, not knowing who the quarterback's going to be next year? Chris Godwin or Mike Evans? Without knowing the quarterback, probably not. So I think this thing's dialed in. And I think that when you talk about the the various the, – um, the various misgivings. Is that the word? Is a misgiving like something where you're kind of worried about something? I think so. Yeah. Okay. If you're talking about your very, your, your various Kenyan Drake misgivings, can't they also be applied to um, Miles Sanders as well? I think that Miles Sanders should go below Kenyan Drake. Yeah, I'd agree with that. There's more clarity about- in Arizona. And then with Devin Singletary, I just I think with Devin Singletary, he belongs underneath him simply because even though I think that offense is set to look a lot better and a lot more dynamic, it could be a big year for Josh Allen. I just I worry about him down at the goal line. You know, I, I, I worry about Josh Allen carrying in some of those uh, 
carrying in some of those short yardage runs down at the goal line. I, th- I think that could end up hurting Devin Singletary some down the stretch next year. So I think it comes down to a Kenyon Drake, Austin Eckler kind of discussion. And for now, do you think it's Eckler ahead of Drake? Yeah, I would say so. We've really gotten consistent endorsement on Austin Eckler this offseason. Everything's shaking right. out how we'd hope. So, yeah, I think Eckler is a good fit, whether he's with Tyrod Taylor or Tom Brady. And uh, he's just slated for a big role in that that offense. I, I feel comfortable with Austin Eckler. Any other of this free agency news and stuff you wanted to talk about? I mean, that's just one trade in the fallout from a couple different teams. We've already been on for basically a whole episode Feels like we probably should get on to something else, though. Yeah, why don't I buzz through here some of the headlines and maybe some of the ancillary pieces. You stop me whenever. Uh, in a much more reasonable deal, much more uh, sensical transaction, the Minnesota Vikings shipped Stephon Diggs, wide receiver Stephon Diggs, over to the Buffalo Bills for what essentially was a first-round pick when you kind of when you net out the deal. You know, when you compare that to the trade the Texans made with the Cardinals. It uh, you know certainly looks like both teams made out well, and you could make a case that Rick Spielman, the GM of the Minnesota Vikings, uh, you know, did okay for himself getting a first-round pick in return there for Stephon Diggs. You know, in terms of Diggs and what value he brings to Buffalo, I think it's a tremendous piece to put in the offense. I'm not sure from a fantasy perspective I'm going to – to grade Stefan Diggs any higher than I have in recent years. I mean, ultimately Stefan Diggs is a guy you have to draft as a wide receiver two that you would really prefer to own as a wide receiver three. Uh, I don't expect that to change a whole lot. And I'm not sure his ADP is going to change too much over what we've seen in recent years from a foot, you know, from a personnel point, I like getting Josh Allen, some more weapons and guys who can get down the field and make big plays oh, with yeah. the ball in their hands, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you so love Josh it Allen is a beneficiary of that trade, right? Oh, that just God. Opens, yes, yes, opens yes. the field up a lot more for Josh Allen. And, and to your point, Alex, Devin Singletary, a beneficiary of that trade. Once you have John Brown and Stefan Diggs out there, you, you start spreading out this field a little bit. Uh, you got Josh Allen as a threat out of the backfield. I certainly think that that props up Devin Singletary's value and you know and then the the glaring question is what the heck does this mean for the Vikings I mean at this point you can't rely on it's difficult to imagine they're going to rely on Adam Thielen uh, as as yeah but you it it, it makes Thielen I need to move Thielen up do you like Thielen more more at this well I just think they're going to draft a guy right I mean it's unless I mean it really feels like the Vikings are going to have to draft a wide receiver now Look, are they going to use that pick on, you know, another Laquan Treadwell? Have they've made that mistake in the past? Spielman might be a little bit gun shy there. So it might not be a first round wide receiver that comes into the mix. It's a bad year to reach in the first round for a wide receiver, considering there's just so many of these guys going so deep. You can get two elite options in the third round, you know, if you wanted to. You know, so right now. Right now, it's good for – and look, even if they bring a rookie in, right? I mean, Thielen is the clear lead guy. So I think you have to say Thielen probably gets a bump. Look, Rudolph is there to stay for a while. We poked around Irv Smith at the NFL Combine with uh, Spielman and Zimmer. It's a player they certainly like who has three-down capability, and they plan on running two tight end sets to get him involved. I just think there's still – even with Diggs out of the picture, still – 
I think there's room for improvement, obviously, here for Irv Smith, but he's, you know, still basically the 1B in a wide receiver committee. I'm not sure how reliable that's going to be ultimately. And, 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 you know, obviously, this is a hit for Kirk Cousins, too. So it's just like probably good for Dalvin Cook and, uh, the tight ends get a little bit of a bump there just on a week to week basis. And maybe, maybe our guy, Alexander Madison does actually get a few more touches this year. Alex, I, I couldn't move. John Brown was wide receiver 22 last year. And I felt like putting Stefan Diggs somewhere around there was probably about where, where he should go. I think you should be, we should be viewing Stephon, Stephon Diggs right now as a wide receiver two for fantasy. The volume in that offense oh, is just isn't really there. It's not, it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, the thing about John Brown, well, though, was John, uh, in that offense, he turned, he turned into a better receiver, a more well rounded wide receiver, a dude that could be used in more different ways than we'd seen before. I just think that now it's like you got John Brown and you got Stephon Diggs. You, you know, it's like you said, great for the offense, but will the volume be there? Um, how is he going to be used as sort of a, chess piece opposite John Brown. Do we start to get more involvement in the passing game out of Devin Singletary, out of Irv Smith, or not Irv Smith. What's the guy's name? Oh, God. Dawson, Dawson Knox. Knox. I, think that, I, I think that that's right. I, you know, when I'm looking at what, you know, where I take Stephon Diggs, I think it's a good decision to just be able to choose between him and the carry-on Johnsons and the Kareem Hunts of the world. I think it's a guy, like, it's people who I want to be picking in maybe the fifth round. Like you said, a guy you might have as your wide receiver two. If you're taking him in the fifth round, that means you've probably either gone three running backs and this is your second wide receiver or two running backs and this is your third wide receiver. That's what it's what seems to make sense to me from a roster construction standpoint if we're trying to get ahead of that ADP. So there's that tier of running backs you get to in that spot. They're going to be going in round five. The on Johnsons, the Kareem Hunts, the David Montgomery's, I think that's where you need to start thinking about maybe taking a Stephon Diggs. And I, I just, I think that wide receivers, like, you know, some of these hotter guys like DJ Chark, Devontae Parker, Debo Samuel, and maybe the DK Metcalf are going to be going ahead of Stephon Diggs at, at, at this point. Whereas that would not have been the case. I think before this trade occurred. Well, there's a little speculation. Diggs was going to go to Seattle, at which point we were going to, uh, we move Russell Wilson way up the board as his ADP would have just absolutely skyrocketed. But nonetheless, hey, let me I think ask it's- you this. Let me ask you this. Like, do you? No, I'm. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off before you you made your point there. Nonetheless, what? Okay. Um, just still staying on Stefan Diggs and all that stuff. Do you think that Stefan? Do you think that Josh Allen at this point? Where does Deshaun Watson rank as a as a as a does does is Deshaun Watson still considered a somebody you would consider taking over Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, or Josh Allen? Would not take him over Dak or Russell Wilson. Be a close call with Josh Allen. You know, ultimately, just the general despair that surrounds that Josh Allen is kind of stigmatized by within, you know, fantasy circles and just, you know, NFL circles. And I'm hoping his ADP stays depressed because if it does, when you throw in a Stefan Diggs, I don't expect, I still think we're in the portion of Josh Allen's career where he's going to be running around this year 
just about as much as we've been accustomed to this last 18 months or so. I don't think that evaporates. I think Diggs opens up the field, gives him another weapon. So ultimately, you know, look, we know Kyler Murray's ADP is going to skyrocket and it should, and he'll be a guy we're interested in. I think we'll see Russell Wilson's skyrocket just based on, you know, coming into year two with DK Metcalf. And now they've added some pieces at the tight end uh, position there, but I'm hopeful that just with the general, feeling that surrounds Josh Allen and he may be the guy that we can kind of stay in the pocket with there. I mean, Dak Prescott, I would say his ADP is certain to rise versus last year significantly as well after the fantasy production he put down in 2019 and with assurance that uh, Amari Cooper will be back. Actually, Amari Cooper back on a massive $100 million deal and we have Dak back on the the franchise tag, Alex, as uh, the Cowboys – uh, still look to work out kind of, you know, long-term future there uh, with Dak Prescott. Yeah, I think that that could be like just the final thing that we sort of discuss here as let me uh, let me see if I could share the share my worksheet here for the best ball cheat sheet available to our pro members at rosterwatch.com. Just where exactly now Amari Cooper falls. I mean, at this point, is it fair to maybe – I don't think – I think DJ Moore – in Amari Cooper, very similar seasons last year. But can we – Odell Beckham and Kenny Galladay. I just have trouble with this. A.J. Brown, Odell Beckham, Kenny Galladay area. Should should Amari Cooper and A.J. Brown be above Odell Beckham Jr. and Kenny Galladay? I would draft Amari Cooper over any of those guys, Alex. I think so too. What about A.J. Brown? I would take Cooper over A.J. Brown. Look, you know what he is, and it's always an overvalued kind of hyper boom bust wide receiver that at the end of the day is going to have really pretty good production, and that's always been the problem with him. But once you get to this tier, I mean, who do you trust more than Amari Cooper? Nobody. I mean, look, Teddy Bridgewater is now in Carolina. I certainly like DJ Moore uh, to maintain his production with Bridgewater there in town. Heck, that should actually probably spike and then, you know, with Cooper, I just – you know that he, in the end of the day, he is Dak's go-to guy. You're going to get him in every week, and he's going to screw you some weeks, but he's going to win you the week a whole bunch of times as well. So we like to look at our wide receivers at Roster Watch as a group. And, you know, when you've got a group of explosive guys uh, on your fantasy roster led by Amari Cooper, I think you're in pretty good shape. You know, Odell, Kenny Galladay, we just – you know, it's more difficult to trust those – quarterback situations um that surround those guys i think it's very clear that amari cooper when it's all said and done is going to have a monster production in dallas so beware if you are picking it like the 110 the 111 the 109 you get that early second round pick it's very very likely that it's and it's happened to me over and over and over again and that's how i know that this sheet is coming together perfectly right now is that when you get to the third round you're going to be staring down the barrel of a real, real shit sandwich, having to decide whether you're going to go running back with Todd Gurley or wide receiver with Kenny Galladay.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.